You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. Hi, everyone. Uh, This is Tess Vergara, Soul Power to the People podcast. And today our topic is the Canadian truckers, its impact and legacy. And why I invited Jill, young husband, is because she's so committed to it. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, Jill and I met a few months ago, back last year, actually, around July, August. I think so. July. Yes. July. And we were both looking for the right people to be around Mm -hmm. because our world, your world, my world was deconstructing to a degree that we are not experiencing support anymore from people around us. There's a huge divide. There's a huge division in in, in my own personal uh, experience. My family has, has really been broken because of the past two years. Mm-hmm. And you are from Canada. You're, you have a military background, which I am so excited to hear. So curious why you chose military to serve the country, to serve Canada. And I invited you to talk about the Canadian truckers because one, I'm also Canadian. I'm living in the U.S., but I'm also Canadian. My family is there in Vancouver. My mother... Uh, who was in Vancouver, passed away February 25 last year after receiving the injection, uh, after she was coerced to to take it, although she did say she wanted it. But what do our elders know? So, And that created a lot of grief in me. And that was around the time that we actually met because there was a lot of grief, a lot of, there was a collective grief and anguish going on. And so let's talk about the Canadian truckers. Did that really do anything? What was their legacy? Did it it really impact anything? And why are you, Jill, very much dedicated to what you're doing now? So would you like to introduce yourself a little bit, Jill? Oh, I'm happy to. And thanks, Tess, for the the invitation and the opportunity to to speak with you and and with, with your audience um, yes, I'm Jill Younghusband. Uh, I'm a Canadian Forces veteran. I served for 17 years in the Canadian Forces, both in the in the reserves and the regular force. I started off as a trucker, and then I changed. Really? Changed. Yes, I did. I was a 17 year old trucker, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, what did I did drive the old deuce and a halfs, jeeps, trucks, wow. uh, pickup trucks. Um, yes, yeah, we did a lot of a lot of. Um, Troop lifts, a lot of convoys uh, out in the training areas with with the uh, combat arms troops in Petawawa, Ontario. Yeah, we, I had a lot of At fun. In Seventeen, the wow. Yes, yes, it was it was uh, a real eye opener for me. But my father was military, and also my sister and my brother. So it, it just seemed like a natural thing to just follow in my dad's footsteps because it was it was familiar, and. Um, and it was, you know, it was hard work, no question. But uh, I met some amazing people and had some some fantastic experiences. I, I was uh, 
I was given the opportunity to serve in Africa with the United Nations back in 1989 in Namibia uh, in a logistics role, supporting the free and fair elections. And then um, I was uh, posted to Germany in the 90s with the NATO AWACS. And their key mission at that time was monitoring the no-fly zone over the former Yugoslavia. So we would mm. go to different locations in Europe uh, to to Greece, Italy, uh, Turkey. So I, I've been very fortunate with my with my military experience, uh, with with the opportunities that I that I was given. And while I served overseas, I, of course, you know, you tour around, and I went to the uh, World War One and World War Two battlefields. I uh, attended commemorative services at the Commonwealth uh, cemeteries. I've seen thousands of Canadian war graves. These soldiers fought and died for our country, for our rights and freedoms. And mm -hmm. this is why I am, I am standing up for our so-called rights and freedoms now for what they, they fought and died for. I mean, these, these uh, brave Canadians left Canada and did not return. And they paid the ultimate price. So um, I cannot, in my, in, my, in my heart of hearts, go along with, uh, you know, forced medical procedures mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, vaccine passports, um, mandating medical procedures to keep your employment. I mean, it's just, I, I'm, it's still, I'm think, I still can't believe it's happening. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I've met people who, who are on uh, suspended without pay. From their, mm -hmm. from their employment, so they've lost their livelihood. I've spoken with senior leaders in the Canadian forces who have been forced out of the military because they would not comply. That's right. how, so it's, it's so serious, it, you know, and when I hear things like that, that's a matter of, of uh, national security if we're losing mm -hmm. our leadership because of forced medical procedures. So um, I, it's very concerning and uh, on, on many levels, on many levels. And so, um, yes, last year when, when you and I met, your mother passed away the 25th of February last year. Yeah. My father passed away on the 24th of February. Of February? Yes. No and way. So, uh, yeah. Wow. And, uh, and that was a wake-up call to me because we're right in the middle of the pandemic and we couldn't have uh, – a proper uh, service for him because of the restrictions. At the time he passed away, the, the largest group we could have for, for a service for him was 10. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, we had 50 people at his service and it was outside in 40 degree heat and everybody was in masks. And we had a, we had a capacity of 50. And if we hadn't had that capacity, I'm certain we would have had more people attend because my dad was a my, my, both my parents were very involved in their community service. And I know mm -hmm. that, that there were people who wanted to attend who couldn't. And, and mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking. And it's unnecessary from, from what I've gleaned from the experts I've listened to, the, the censored experts that I've listened to. Uh, you know, these mandates are inhumane. Yes. And, they're, and they're, they're causing harm. So mm -hmm. um, I... You know, going through the, the grief of losing my dad and trying to find meaning in my life. And how, how are we going to get out of this? What can I do to make a difference? Um, I heard Kate Wand, 
interview Julius Ruchel last year. Uh, she's a Torontonian uh, journalist. And Julius Ruchel wrote, a, wrote an article entitled The Road to Freedom and What We Can Do. And, and he said, it's, you know, good, silent people need to stand up. And, uh, you know, because nobody's going to save us. We have to save ourselves. There's no uh, hero. That, like, all, are all three federal parties are all together in this. They're all complicit with, with these mandates and, and with this globalist agenda. And it's, it is frightening. Uh, so we need to stand up as Canadians to say, no, we want our country back. We, we need to put Canada first now. Eyes on Canada is the message I received from a rally here in Edmonton uh, last week. Eyes on Canada. Because mm. uh, we're getting distracted with the Grammy Awards, with, with other world events. You know, the, the media is, 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 is only showing us what they want us to see. But we right. need to focus on our own, in our own backyard and what our, our uh, elected officials are doing. They're towing the party line instead of standing up for their constituents. So I, I have to get involved. It's just something in me knowing uh, the World War II soldiers that I've met over the years and World War I soldiers. It's, it's in their memory that I'm, I'm saying, no, we can't. We can't let this happen. We have to stand up. We have to, we have to fight for what they died for, our rights mm-hmm. and freedoms. And so I started going to rallies in Ottawa, the nation's capital in Ottawa, Ontario, uh, last May. And I remember friends and family were saying, oh, Jill, don't get arrested. And I thought, they've been having these rallies every Saturday. I'm going to go downtown. And I'm going to see what it's about. I have to. And I showed up at Parliament Hill, and there was a, a group of about five five thousand people. It was one of the national the, the, wow. the, the worldwide rallies. You know, they have them every couple of months. And so uh, we marched through the city, through the streets of downtown Ottawa, and uh, it was inspiring. The police were friendly. Uh, I met the founders, who explained to me, yes, they they knew what they were permitted to do and, and they had a good relationship with the Ottawa police service. And it was, it was then that I thought, okay, I need to keep going when I can to get the momentum going. You know, if, if, if a few people can, few more people can join every week. Um, if we can just invite your friends, let people know what you're doing, share, share with people where you are, what you're doing. Um, it might, it might, you know, change some people's minds and where they can get involved as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so then the federal election happened uh, here in here in Canada in September, 2021. And uh, I decided to volunteer with the local candidate in my riding for the people's party of Canada, which is the only federal party who is fighting for our rights and freedoms. And it's led by uh, Maxime Bernier. And supported by uh, uh, a wonderful Canadian hero, I feel, um, uh, Randy Hillier. Um, so I, 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 I met 30 volunteers in my riding who were all from different walks of life, uh, different, different ages, different uh, cultures, 
they came together to support our PPC candidate, Scott Miller. And uh, it was a whirlwind three-week campaign, but it was inspiring. Uh, two days before the election, there was a huge rally on Parliament Hill. 10,000 people were there. And we marched through the streets. And it was it was amazing. And I thought, okay, what's it going to take? We, we still need more people. We still... There's still more that needs to, much more that needs to be done. And um, then the election happened. We gained many more. The PPC gained a lot more popularity. People are more aware of, of this party and what they stand for. So, you know, it was. Did a, your party win? No, no. no. And uh, there's a lot of questions around that as well. But we're still. You know, it's still active. You know, there's still uh, groups and uh, that are meeting. You know, provincial provincial parties being formed across across Canada. It's there's momentum there. There's momentum for sure. It was not all in vain because you know people came together. Actually, this is this is interesting. This is inspiring. I want I want to make sure I share this story with you. Maxime Bernier ran in the previous federal election with the People's Party of Canada, and he was invited to be part of the leadership debate. Well, this time around, three, four years later, he was not invited to the, to the debate. He was banned from the debate. They found a loophole of some sort. They changed the, the policy. And wow. he was not permitted to attend the, the debates because he was going to ask all the right questions because he did, he's not going along with the, the mainstream narrative. So the night of the debate, there was a huge rally, let him speak for Maxime Bernier at the location of the of the debate in near downtown Ottawa. So I went down and it was electric. Everybody had signs, the security barricades were up, the RCMP were there, but I'm, I'm familiar with that because of my military background and, and experience. Mm. And, you know, I'm not intimidated by it. And I found the perfect parking space, walked two minutes to the uh, event. I remember looking up on, on the rooftop and I see a silhouette of a sniper. And I know it's the RCMP. And I thought to myself, I'm looking at this silhouette, and I thought, I wonder how you're feeling right now, being a member of the RCMP and looking down at your own people who are fighting for the right, for freedom of speech and fighting for democracy. Mm -hmm. And it turns out three days later, there was an RCMP corporal named Daniel Bulford who stepped, who stepped in front of the camera and said, I can't go along with these mandates. And now he's an activist. And wow. he said, the day that, and, and this is interesting, he said, the day I decided that I couldn't be silent any longer was when I was on the rooftop watching the PPC Let Him Speak rally. And I heard Dr. Julie Hanessi, her speech from her call out to, to people because she lost her, her university uh, professor position um, because she wouldn't for speaking up for the, she wouldn't comply with the mandates with the vaccine mandate to keep her job. Yeah. So she wow. had to resign, or she was suspended. So Daniel Bulford said, "Yes, I was." He goes, "I was on the rooftop watching the the PPC demonstrators fighting for democracy, democracy, and then I realized that I have to I have to step up because he said he couldn't look his children in the eye." Yeah. Wow, that brings me chills. And I thought, oh my goodness! And so good silent people stepping up. Right. He was, and he even says, you know, I was, I was complicit for to a point, but then all of a sudden you reach, you reach a line you cannot cross. Mm -hmm. For me, it was the the vaccine mandate, 
and the vaccine passport, I could never comply with that. You know, I moved from Ottawa to Edmonton, Alberta this year, and I was not, I cannot fly within my own country right now. I drove six days across the country to get to Edmonton here. Wow. Um, yeah. And right now, if, if so I needed- So you cannot go, fly unless you're injected. That's right. That's true. Okay. Within my so, own country. I cannot leave the country without it. Wow. So you have to get vaccinated to fly. So it's not even um, you have to give a proof of negative test. I don't think that I'm not quite sure. I have not heard that. Okay, so that's here in in the U.S. I don't believe there are any exemptions. Yeah, okay. Makes me thankful I'm in the U.S., but at least, you know, there's some... There's some resistance. Right. And um, when I was watching this unfold, I was so amazed at the level of submission from people that I know are from Canada. And I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch people giving their power away. I couldn't watch people giving their freedom away. Mm -hmm. With the Canadian truckers, Oh, this was recently. I had my Facebook banner uh, said F Trudeau because I hold him responsible for the death of my mother and everyone who forced that. You know, it was medical tyranny. My, my, My mother didn't feel that she had the right to question her doctors. It was for her health and safety. So anyway, one person was saying, well, you know, if they're going to start the protest with that kind of languaging with the word F, what kind of energy are they bringing? You know, this is a friend cohort from Canada. We were talking in a group and I said, for transparency's sake, my Facebook cover photo says, fuck him. Mm -hmm. And this is why. And I explained how my mother suffered unnecessarily and me as a daughter who couldn't go across the border to see her while she was alive because the border was closed for a very long time. Yes, it was. I remember. Mm-hmm. And around the time of her death, uh, if I did go, I would have quarantined myself, negative or positive test. I would have quarantined myself. And then the, it was for 14 days. You had to quarantine for 14 For 14 days. days. And then I still couldn't go and see her personally. And then when she died and I found out this, there's only 10 allowed in a funeral. And I said, I washed my hands. I, there was no sense fighting it. I still hold him responsible. So there are people who will go against the freedom fighters like yourself, like the truckers. What do you say to them? It's the mass formation that, uh, that you've, I'm sure you've heard about. And Julius Rochelle mentions it in his interview. There, there are stages of brainwashing that happen. And the first, set, the first step is to isolate people from society. Mm-hmm. So we lock down. And then to instill fear and then constantly bombard them with, with fearful, with misinformation and mm-hmm. fear tactics. And so they'll reach for anything to stay safe. And the fear just takes over their critical thinking mm-hmm. or their ability for, uh, for critical thinking. That's my understanding of it. I'm not an expert, but I do listen to experts and I do research and I know what feels right for me. And so it's like what uh, Dr. Ryder Fulmish says, you know, don't waste your time trying to convince anyone you can't save them all, but just make sure you surround yourself with supportive, like-minded people. And that's yes. why you and I met through that Facebook group that ended up getting shut down. 
Mm-hmm. I was I was determined to keep the momentum going after the federal election campaign. And I thought, what's it going to take for the spirit of Canada to stand up and say, no more? What is it no going to take? And it was the truckers and it was the vaccine uh, passport. Finally, the truckers said, okay, this is our line in the sand. Mm-hmm. Now you're affecting the supply chain to our own people because we're going to, if we lose even 15% of the truckers, of the drivers, it's going to affect our supply chain. It's going to affect, affect food prices, all of the above. That's when it happened that just all of a sudden this movement. And I was so relieved and so grateful and so excited and just so proud of these Canadian heroes. They're heroes in my eyes. And in my eyes driving, too. Driving across Canada in January? In I January. Didn't, in December. And it was six days. I, they closed the highway down in, in Ontario because of snowstorms. I saw trucks in the ditch. It was, it was harrowing. Driving across Canada in winter is not easy. I had some veteran friends of mine join the convoy here in Edmonton. Really? And they came oh. to Ottawa. Actually, uh, one of, the, one of the, the veterans, his name is Mike Rude, and his Facebook page is The Rude Awakening Tour. And he's a veteran advocate, and he's and and he is advocating on advocating for veterans who were medically injured with an anti-malarial medication called mefloquine mm-hmm. that was given to our elite soldiers without proper safety r- research, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it caused horrible neurological and psychological damage to these soldiers. And they wow. kept, and they've given it to our troops in Somalia, Rwanda, Haiti, Afghanistan, anyone deploying to Africa. And so now there's a mass tort lawsuit uh, that's been filed on behalf of over 1,500 injured soldiers from this medication. So Mike Rude, he travels the country with his truck and his, his service dog, Spark, to raise awareness and to support his fellow veterans. And so he, he joined the convoy because it goes along with what his morals, moral compass is pointing. It's medical freedom and rights and freedoms and to allow people to make their own choices and to have informed consent. These soldiers didn't have informed consent. So Mike joined the convoy and this was so much fun. I phoned him one day to see how things were going and he was driving through the Kenora area. He said, oh my God, Jill, he said, this is just... He says, it saved my soul. He said, it's so wonderful. There's thousands of people on the highway. You wouldn't believe it, Jill. And he goes, hang on. And he rolls down his window and he holds his phone out the window. Jill, this is for you. And he holds the phone out the window and you can hear all the people cheering and the bells ringing and clanging and the horns honking. It was just, it was just fantastic. I was so proud to have that moment. Yeah, I had friends who, who, who supported the convoy in Ottawa, veteran friends. Mike was there for the, the, the duration, running fuel back and forth to the truckers. Veterans were securing the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at the National War Memorial downtown. Mm-hmm. And some of the veterans were providing security for some of the movers and shakers that were coming in to speak, uh, like Dr. Roger Hodkinson, uh, Dr. Julie Panessi, Dr. Alexander, uh, Daniel Bulford, like they were having these news conferences in, 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 these, in the hotel. And so the, the veterans were providing security. You know, like we can all play a role. Mm-hmm. We can all play our, our small part. But to stand up and be counted. Like, you know, and Julius Rochelle referred to a, a, an incident somewhere in Europe 
where a person was asked to put a mask on, on in a train. The, the train conductor said, you need to wear a mask. And the, and the person refused. And next thing you know, everybody on the train took their masks off because one person stood up. Right. So my intention to, to come on your, your podcast today is to encourage people, stand up, be counted, do something, show up, listen to the speakers, invite your friends, reach out to different organizations that you think you could support, ask questions, mm-hmm. ask questions, contact your elected officials, ask them what they're doing to stop this tyranny, because that's what we're living in right now. I don't want to be sounding negative or discouraging, you know, devil's advocate here. That takes a lot of commitment and energy to do what you're doing, is it not? It's every day for me. It's, it's, it's how I'm living. It's what I think about day in, day out. I wake up in the morning and I think about it and I wonder what's gonna, what am I going to hear today in the news? What can I do? Who can I, what are my plans coming up? Let me ask you, what got you to that point? I know you said that you heard someone interview someone. I, I get that. Yeah. But what were you feeling prior to that? And what was, why did you make that decision to all over again fight for human rights and freedom? What were you seeing? What were you, what is your fear? What do you see the world will turn into if you don't, if you don't step up and speak up? The tipping point, the turning point for me, the red pill moment, the COVID red pill moment for me was when our uh, Prime Minister Trudeau attended a Black Lives Matter protest during the lockdowns, thousands of people on Parliament Hill, yet we've locked down businesses and Mm. children from school. And he's taking a knee on Parliament Hill. How did that feel? I knew there's something wrong here. This is not, this is not what they're saying it is. We've been duped. We have been been duped. That's when I knew there was, there was some sort of plan. And I thought, well, it's larger than me. What can I do? Interestingly, I came to Edmonton because one of my spiritual mentors was very, very ill. And uh, he passed away a couple of weeks ago. But he had, he was, he was a wonderful man who taught me, don't, don't get overwhelmed with the global misery that you see in the media. More so, what can you do in your area of influence in your community? Yeah, what can you do in your area of influence? In your yeah, your your arc of fire. You can spread your your positivity and your and your intention and and your kindness wherever you go in your community, wherever you whoever you encounter. And and that's something I've always kept with me. And Mm -hmm. another thing he he had encouraged me was when you have an opportunity to go somewhere and do something, show up show up, mm-hmm. just show up. Even if you got to drive through a snowstorm, show up because you never know who you're going to meet. I've had some amazing experiences where I know it was not a coincidence. No, I know I, I'm guided uh, by my higher power. I trust in, in my inner voice. And, and so that's what gets me going. Like you, you, you say, it does take a lot of energy. Absolutely. But I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Yeah. For someone like you, well, one, you've had the training for it. But even without that, I think you need that unwavering reason, mission, passion. You need to be connected to that. You know, why is this happening for you, for people to speak up? Because a lot of people don't speak up. A lot right. of people would r- rather not rock the boat. They think they're creating peace by not questioning, by not 
creating conflict. That's right. Well, you know, following rules is 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 a is a virtue. Yeah, know? they they Not think that's the that's their way of creating peace, but is it really? So, so a lot of good people. There's a lot of good people who don't speak up because they're conflicted, mm-hmm. and they choose not to speak up. Let's talk about the. Let's go back to the truckers. Did the truckers achieve what they meant to achieve? Absolutely. I feel that they <laughs> they exposed the government to their mm. tyrannical behavior. They they exposed. They can lock down. They can block your bank accounts. They can call in in the Emergencies Act. For a peaceful protest and bouncing For peaceful out. protest. You know, the fact that our prime minister wouldn't even speak to the truckers. Yeah, why do you think that is? Oh, because he's a coward. He's a coward and he's afraid. He, he you know, he, he just, he, and such a narcissist. He, he'll only go where he's going to charm know, the feel, women's feel pants like, off. You know, <laughs> the, the arrogance of this, of this, this guy, when he was uh, on the campaign trail, he received a lot of resistance on the campaign trail on his uh, tour bus. And even as he's getting on the tour bus and people are shouting at him, calling him a psychopath and go home or whatever, he would actually turn around and wave at the crowd and smile as a photo op and get back on the bus. Oh. I mean, the, the arrogance of this guy. So I, I can't. I, all I, of them. I know. All of <laughs> them, including yeah. the, you know. Yeah. And, supposed and, president of this country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, and many it's of our unbelievable. Many of our politicians, uh, uh, both in the liberal and, well, all three parties are, are connected to the World Economic Forum and, and their leadership program. What I'd love to see is anybody who's affiliated with the WEF and the Canadian government needs to be fired and investigated, perhaps. And investigated. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And sent to jail because they're, they're really responsible for their actions. Because what has happened here is an atrocity on humanity, not just Canadians, but globally. Global. And yep. so that's why, I, you know, I, I'm so pleased that Dr. Reiner Fulmish and his team are, are you know, they're, they're going through the, the testimonies now with this Nuremberg 2.0 investigation. Right. I've lost some friends over this. I can't under, and veteran friends. You know, when I mentioned Nuremberg 2.0, I got laughed at. And, you know, in the beginning, it was really hard because I'm a sensitive person and I don't like confrontation and I, and I want to see harmony with, with my friends and family. And as I move forward in my advocacy work, I'm gaining confidence in, in speaking up and speaking my truth and, and, and sharing my opinion. And I'm mm-hmm. open if somebody has an idea or a suggestion or, well, what about this angle or what about this take? I'm open to hearing it. And, and you know, I change my mind as I learn more. I'm not an expert, but I know what I feel. And I know some of the work that I've done has, has, a, has had a positive impact on people. And, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be of service still, even now that I'm retired. You know, I've been a service-oriented person all my life. And I, and I get that from my parents. God bless them. And so I, I'm, I'm grateful for the values that have been instilled by my family and, and the military and Canada. But the Canada that I, I remember is not the Canada I'm seeing now. And yet the convoy brought that back for me and it gave me hope. Right. Many people hope. It was I, such a unifying experience. Oh, it was incredible. And it's not over. The convoys are still happening in smaller pockets across the country. 
and I spoke with one of the convoy organizers for the province of Alberta at a rally a couple of weeks ago. And he says, oh, no, we've got things planned. And coming up in, in the summer, there's going to be uh, biker clubs that are going to join in with, with some convoys. You know, people are standing up. There's still people showing up at, at uh, downtown at the legislature every Saturday here in Edmonton. I'm going to be in Calgary this Saturday. There's a, a veteran who's walking from British Columbia to Ottawa. His name's James Top. And he's got a rucksack on his back and he's walking. And right now, I think he's in the Crow's Nest Pass, but he'll be at the Calgary rally on Saturday. And uh, I hope to meet him and shake yeah. his hand. He wants, he's just raising awareness for rights and freedoms. And we are hoping to inspire people who just can't stand watching the atrocities happen day in and day out. There are so many people who are so far gone, so far gone that this message is not for them. No. But it's it's for people who are who can see that there's something wrong, something is off, something doesn't add up. Is it safe for them to speak up? With all the censorship, with all the blocking your bank account and such, where do you find the willpower to stay in the game, Jill? What can you say to the people who who want to speak up but afraid of consequences? My willpower or my inspiration comes from those who fought and died for our rights and freedoms in World War One, World War Two, and in Afghanistan. Any any conflict. And mm -hmm. I can feel it. In, I can feel it in my heart when I say that. And I've met so many injured veterans who are suffering every day with post-traumatic stress or, or, you know, loss of limb, injuries, etc. Their lives are forever changed mm -hmm. because of their service to Canada and to the world. These people are my inspiration. They're my family. And so those that are just really afraid to speak up already, maybe they're on the verge. What inspiration can you tell them? Well, reach out to your, you know, come to a rally. I've been to, I've worn my medals to uh, the Edmonton rallies. And I think the, the largest number of veterans I saw was, I think, four or five. And this is a, a, a large, there's a large military community here in Edmonton. And I just encourage veterans to show up and, and, and let people know who you are. Stand mm. up and be counted. Stand up and be counted. And meet the organizers of, of, of the events. If you want to have, if you have something to say, come to the rally, talk to one of the organizers. They're, they're usually held every week. Put yourself on the, on the agenda. What would you like to say? What do you, what do you have to say? Mm -hmm. I sang at a rally a couple of, a, a few weeks ago, and I thought, well, if anything, I, I'd love to sing. A fellow veteran friend who reached out to me in January, and he said, Jill, I want to go to a rally. I said, all right, let's 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 go together this Saturday. Let's meet up. And he's a fellow musician. So he said, we need to sing a song at a rally. I said, okay. So I went and spoke to the organizer and I sang a song. And it was a song entitled The Green Fields of France. And it's a song about a traveler in France who comes across a Commonwealth war grave and he sees an 18-year-old grave and the name is William McBride. It's basically paying homage to this teenager who lost his life for rights and freedoms. And like we say, you know, Never again, lest we forget. What the heck? What happened, right? It's unbelievable, yeah. the amount of brainwashing mm -hmm. to come to this, to come to this. And it's the education system, you know, the government education system now, they don't teach these things in school anymore like they used to when I was younger. Yeah, they've hijacked the education system. 
just yeah. like they hijacked the medical system. Right. Our food, everything has been hijacked. But yeah. he, here's here's the thing, Jill. We mentioned earlier that we both lost family members over this for speaking up, for being clear where our alignment is. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it for people to speak up knowing that they will annoy or they will be canceled by family members and friends? Is it worth being canceled? Well, for me, I can only speak for myself in that I I, I didn't feel I had a, a choice. It was so it, it was so strong within me and I couldn't I, I couldn't change my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And the frustrating part and, 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 and the you know the sad part is, I couldn't get through to 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 many of my family members, and um, it, you know, it, and it, it it my my life in Ottawa and my my family life and my home it just disintegrated. Yeah, and there was and and there was nothing I could do except pick up the pieces and figure out what to do next, and trusting that I would land on my feet. And I reached out to friends and that's what got me here to Edmonton because my, my dear friend Bernie was, was in, in hospice and that's why I came to Edmonton. And next thing you know, the veteran food bank helped me un- unload my trailer that I had rented and stored some of my things while I tried to find a place to live. I just felt completely embraced and welcomed here in Edmonton. And it was such a breath of fresh air because Ontario and with the experience with losing my father and then my personal life disintegrating and my family being fractured. It's been really hard. It's been very hard. However, like Jeremy McKenzie says, and he's the raging dissident, my resolve is infinite. My resolve is infinite. I have to follow my heart. I have to, regardless of everything else, I have to follow my heart. Does it make you selfish and only think about yourself? And these are the things I'm also asking myself, by the way. Sometimes I wonder, eh? Yeah, right? Sometimes I wonder. But you know, it's bigger than me. I'm just following my inner voice and my heart. Mm-hmm. I, re- I suggest that people show up and go to rallies, stand up and be counted. Another thing that I'm doing is uh, a friend of mine in Toronto reached out to me. She said, Jill, I'm so pissed off. I don't know what to do, but... We need to get a prayer group together and do meditations. And I said, I got the right, just the right people. So every every week we get together, we get on a Zoom call or a FaceTime. We set an intention and we do a guided meditation every week to envision what we want to see in the world. And you and I believe in the power that you and I know about that. And I encourage people to, to, to look into it. Look into it. If you are a believer in prayer or meditation, get a group together. And set an intention and pray. What is the danger? Because people are still not going to speak up until something hit them in the head. I've really come to that conclusion. We tried to warn people and they just put a block. They can't hear us. But what is the danger of saying yes to one world government? Why is that not a good thing? How is it? How is it people are buying into that? I think people will come to their own conclusion to come come to their own realization that something is amiss. Well, I mean, when you look at the QR but what's code, the danger? Once mm-hmm. once they get your digital ID, they can restrict what you buy. They can restrict your money. They can restrict your travel, your movement. They can see. They can track you wherever you go. 
And if you say something on a social media platform they don't like, they can restrict you. It's big brother. You have no freedom at all. And what is this going? What kind of world are we going to be leaving the younger generation? I mean, I, I was a free range kid. I got to ride my bike. I was, you know, summertime, we would just take off. And when the streetlights came on, we came home. You know, I could hear my mother bellowing, the four of us. She'd stand on the front step and call us. And we somehow, our radar would go up. Oh, we got to go home. It's supper time. Children don't have that anymore. Not no, they I'm don't not. even know if they're male or female. Unbelievable. The yeah. amount of indoctrination and social engineering that's going on right now to set the stage for one world government is outside what we're talking about. It's horrible to think about because the essence of the human is being distorted and destroyed and corrupted. Our very essence as human beings is no longer if we continue to not speak up and fight for our freedoms. Yes, our God-given freedoms. Our God-given freedoms, yeah. The, the people behind all of this, I, you know, I, for the longest time, I always believed in, in the good in people and I didn't focus I didn't have a radar for evil, but now I, I do believe in, and yet I know that we can shine a light in the darkness. It's going to take work. It's going to take commitment, or it does take work. It does take commitment. If you care about your, your family, your children, or your, your friends' children, or even children in general, you know, the younger generation, you need to do your part. That's that's right. my belief. I'm doing my best to do that. I'm, I'm a work in progress. I'm still adjusting to my new life here in Edmonton and getting set up. Starting over, pretty much. I'm going to be doing what I can. I'll continue mm-hmm. doing the best that I can. Everything that I've done in my life has led me to this moment where I can, you know, and I said this during a, a, a speech I gave uh, during the campaign, everything I've done, the volunteering I did with veteran advocacy and the traveling I've done, it all prepared me for what I'm doing now. And I'm grateful for the experiences that I've had. You know, I've worked really hard. But I've had some. I've had a lot of fun too. It's a tough road when you're the black sheep of your family. It's a tough road. <laughs> but you're not. But you know, I, I'm saying to those black sheep, hey, you're not alone. Here, I'm going to put my hat on. This is the hat I got at one of the rallies. <laughs> the fringe minority. <laughs> so yeah, go to the rallies, get some swag. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Yeah, so go to rallies, and rallies are not a waste of time, you don't think? No, because it's it's reminding people, hey, there's something wrong going on right now. Mm-hmm. Has there been any change since the Freedom Convoy? Did they lift the mandates? Did they lift the mask? Did they Some of the stop the vax passports? All of a sudden, uh, Alberta announced they, they were lifting the, the mask mandate So and the vaccine passports. So I can now go dine in a, in a restaurant now. I don't have to eat in my car. I had to eat in my car all across Canada when I was driving. I couldn't go in a restaurant. Wow. So my doggy and I would sit in the front seat of my SUV and have dinner. They lifted that here pretty quickly. It wasn't long. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, why are Canadians not speaking up? You know, that was going on in the back of my mind. And that, and that's another thing, too. People think, oh, they've lifted the mask mandate. Everything's going to go back to normal. Well, it's not because there's still mm-hmm. mandates for people to keep their jobs to get right. to get the shots. Right. Here, too. It frightens me. It frightens mm-hmm. me. It breaks my heart to see so many of the vaccine injured trying to tell their story and they're just being attacked. And silenced also. And their lives are destroyed. One uh, person that I'm familiar with from my area in Ottawa, his, his name is Kevin Street. He took one one shot and 
his nervous system is completely ruined. His brain's been affected. Uh, his life is ruined. Yeah. And yet he's being silenced. He's being censored. And so many stories like that. And so many stories of the effects, the bacterial effect of the mask as well. And people call it rare diseases. Right. And it's yeah. not. It's and not. I mean, look, at, look at child, early childhood development. Children need to see your face, mm-hmm. to see expression and emotion. It's amazing that people don't realize the amount of emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual trauma that we're allowing to happen to the younger generation by keeping on these mandates, how their DNA and their body composition, their immune system is being compromised by, you know, they say it's safe and effective. No, read the nine pages that was released recently, all the adverse reactions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even that won't stop the, the folks who have been affected by this mass formation. No, they, they're yeah. still saying it's safe and effective. Facebook's still labeling all my posts and, and keep shadow banning me, keep right. restricting my posts to so that only a few people can see. And I so thank you for being here. I believe in a higher energy that where two or three are gathered, miracles happen. And Absolutely. so... On the surface, it might look like only two or three people viewed this, but that's not the truth. Just you and me talking about this and a few more people looking into this. I think it's going to create a whole new trajectory where we can really empower people to take back their soul power. You know, I, I listen to Ralph Smart, Infinite Waters, Diving Deep. He encourages people, do your in, inner work, do your spiritual work, because that will help with this finding solutions to all of these complex issues that we're, we're faced with to help ourselves maintain self-care. I'm doing my best to not be emotional on this podcast. My daughters, both of them have excluded me from their life because of what I'm doing right now. They cut me off from their life, but now one of them is sick. I'm and I, I really suspect it's the mask creating it started as a tonsillitis and they say it's a now a rare disease um lemur something if i tune into the mother in me it's heartbroken it's heartbroken that she's not there with her daughter in time of need like i asked you earlier is it worth it no so well, i'm gonna ask one. you that i just want yeah. to ask you the same question what what inspired you to step out of the the crab bucket <laughs> right yeah, because they, they were really threatening me, mom, if you do that or blah, blah, blah. If you don't, you know, we're, go- you know, we're not going to talk to you anymore or uh, this is the last time you're going to see me. But even if it's my own children, how can I say yes to tyranny? We're talking soul here. We're talking freedom. If I say yes to tyranny by my own children, how am I contributing to the future of humanity. My daughter told me that we are up for extinction and it's because of all these things that we say yes to. How can I in good conscience say say yes to yes, abuse me even more? I can't. I can't say yes to abuse. I can't say yes to tyranny. I know in the depths of my heart, those are not my children talking, but the influence of indoctrination in our school system, in our medical system, in our political system, in, in every environment. So here's what I say to people who are 
scared of being alienated by your own loved ones. Mm -hmm. That's not them talking. That's not them talking. That's not their soul talking. They will wake up. They will know. They will align with their true nature, no matter what the darkness, no matter what the tyranny, no matter what the control. You know, sometimes you've got to have, you got to get hit in the head. You realize you are so much more than compliance, so much more than conformity. It's really difficult. You know, there's a part of me that's dying. That's the mother in me. I was a single mom for a long time. And I gave all of me to those children until I burnt out, until I had nothing left to give, until I no longer could recognize myself. But here's the thing. It's not worth keeping that kind of abuse when it assaults your own soul. It is not worth it. You will die inside and live an unfulfilling life and feel like you are just a fraud anyway. And that's not a life worth living for me. Well, one thing I, 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 I spoke with my naturopath in Australia, his name's Chris. We, we talked about this. My take on it is, you know, it, it, this mass formation, it's going to wake a lot of people up. I think it's going to shift people's consciousness, but it's going to take a lot of pain first. Mm -hmm. Your daughter's going through something very difficult and very painful on many levels. And when she has her breakthrough, when she has her moment you're going to need to be there for her. And, yeah, and I am here, right? And, like I'm holding the space from a yeah. different level, not from the fearful, oh my God, what's going to happen right. to her? And because that's fear talking. Mm -hmm. I can't align with fear any longer. We're talking about soul power here. So yeah. we, we got to hold space for people and see them for their wholeness rather than from their brokenness. So like I say, self-care, because we have to nurture ourselves first before we can help others. And, right, right. And, 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 I, and I need to listen to myself saying that because I tend yeah. to overgive. We are we're healers. We are. And, and and if we go back to that old environment, old influence where we give our power away, yeah. How can we rise up in higher consciousness? Right. Then all I'm doing is giving in to tyranny if I Okay, to forget everything about my values, everything about what I believe in, everything what my soul stands for. Just love me. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Just love me. I'll do anything for you. No, no. Mm -mm. I, I don't think that is allowed any longer in the world we are creating right now because that's, that's what gets from us. an authentic power center, yeah. your authentic yeah. power from a knowing that there's no disconnection at all. So that's that's why this is soul power to the people. It's not just, oh, you're a bad mother because blah, blah, blah. You allowed your children to uh, blah, blah, blah. You didn't do what they wanted, blah, blah, blah. You're a bad. No, that's, that's, the, that's the consciousness of guilt and uh, shame and blame and mm -hmm. judgment that has no room in where we're going right now as consciousness, as conscious human. Yes. So what I suggest is just whoever's watching, who's, who's unsure of what to do, ask yourself and ask your higher power or your creator, what can I do? What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. what, what can I do? How can I be part of the solution? Yeah. And when I ask that, 
that's when I, I ended up getting information through different podcasts and so on, because, you know, we can sit back and complain about it all we want, but at the end of the day, you have to take action. Yeah. And enough of us stand up and rise up and really own our sovereignty. Yeah. Really. And the own. way the truckers did it with peaceful protests and it was love in the streets of Ottawa. Yeah. It was a healing. Even, even the last day, the day that the, the RCMP trampled some people with horses, that evening, there was a huge street party, a block party on the street, minus 25 Celsius. And a friend of mine, Shiloh Berry, was, was, face, was on Facebook Live, and she broadcast it. And everybody's jumping up and down to the street music. And she goes, this is the right side of history. Then she'd pan over to the right, and you'd see the wall of cops and buses. And she goes, that's the wrong side of history. This is the right side of history. And people were celebrating. And this was after the convoy was shut down because the momentum of the energy of truth and peace and love was so strong all over the planet. And now you've got the convoys in the US and the politicians are meeting with them and they're having a dialogue. Wow, what a concept sitting at the mm-hmm. table and talking. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't get that chance with our wonderful leader. We, we have work to do. We do. But good, valuable work. So I hope Jill and I have left everyone listening and watching with thoughts to ponder. Sometimes there are things that we say, oh, I can never do that because I don't want to lose this. But look beyond the temporal and see beyond you know what are we doing to our future generation what are we doing to our rights and freedoms how can we just carelessly give it away when a lot of people have died for it like jill was demonstrating and then tune into your own deep deep longing inside what is it that's really important to you that maybe you are compromising your voice you're compromising your own freedom you're compromising your own power just because you haven't fully connected to what will give life and meaning to your own existence. So I'll leave you with that. This is Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara, thanking my beautiful guest, Jill Young Husband, for this lovely conversation, just looking into the legacy of the truckers, how that has impacted you and the world. And how can we continue that spirit of unity all throughout the world, not just in Canada? Thanks so much, Jill. Amen. It's a privilege. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind. Take back your voice. Take back your soul. Take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.